3: Hoping everybody is in good form. John Paul taking your calls at 1850 333 103. You can text or WhatsApp 086 103, 103. We welcome your thoughts and comments and calls uh, throughout the morning. There is a major opinion poll out this morning as we are into the final week of electioneering. And it certainly is good news for Sinn, Fé- Sinn Féin. This is the Irish Times. And I have to give credit to the Irish Times. They've put a lot of detail into this particular opinion poll and they've broken it down and it's well worth taking a look at the papers today. If you're big into opinion polls and watching how elections go, they really break it down area by area and age group showing the different age groups who's voting for what parties, etc. But Sinn Féin going to be happy campers when they open the paper this morning and Pat Leahy, the political editor of the Irish Times on a front page story today talking about the Sinn Féin has surged into first place in the election, with a quarter of all likely voters now saying that they intend to vote for the party next uh, Saturday. The poll puts Fina Gale back into third place at 20%, behind Fina Fall on 23%, but Sinn Fein topping it on 25%. Now, the findings of the poll for the Irish Times Ipsos MRBI was taken on Thursday. Friday and Saturday of last week and it certainly will shock the government party and suggest that Ireland is on the brink of a historic general election result on Saturday. Now, Fina fall, however, they do still remain the most popular choice for government with more voters expressing a preference for a coalition government led by Fianna Fáil, while Sinn Féin is the party with the highest number of voters who don't want to see them in government. So so if you're looking down through and you say, okay, people want to vote for Sinn Féin so you're wondering, if they're saying that they want to vote, it's very obvious that they're voting for change and that they're a bit fed up with the main parties that have been in power in this country, so they're voting for change. But yet on the other side, many people are saying "Mm, I want to vote for change, but I don't know if I want to see Sinn Féin in government. Uh, Sinn Féin, of course, also are are limited by running just forty two candidates out of thirty eight constituencies, so even if all of their candidates were elected, they still would not be the largest party in the doll. One is wondering at Sinn Fein headquarters are they slightly kicking themselves and thinking, should they have ran more candidates how would What would the picture be looking like if they had ran more uh, candidates than the findings? Though we'll add further momentum to Sinn Féin's campaign ahead of tonight's final televised debate. And of course, we were talking about this final televised debate, which was meant to be the leaders' debate, as they were calling it, on RTE. And RTE had to do a U-turn yesterday and they have now, of course, invited Mary Lou MacDonald uh, to be part of the debate tonight. And I imagine when they see the results of the today's opinion poll I imagine someone in RTE is saying "Mm, we made the right move uh, yesterday now the state of the parties when undecided voters and those unlikely to vote are excluded this is what the poll says it's as follows Sinn Féin 25% that puts them up 4 points Fianna Fáil on 23 down 2 Fine Gael, 20% down three. The Greens on 8%, no change. Labour at four, down one. And the independents and smaller parties on 20%. That's up two. The comparison is with the most recent Irish times Ipsos cellemar BI poll, which, of course, was taken at the beginning of the election campaign in mid-January. Now, they also asked... The people that they questioned about their satisfaction with the government. Well, that's slumped again. From twenty seven percent at the beginning of the campaign, it's now satisfaction with the government is at twenty-one percent. Approval for both Taoiseach Leah Varadkar and FINA Fall leader Mihal Martin also fallen, with Mihal Martin's ratings falling by three points to thirty percent. Leah Varadkar is down five points, putting them him also on thirty percent. Mihal Martin remains narrowly the favorite choice to be the next Taoiseach at 24%, Leah Varadkar at 23%. And Mary-Lou MacDonald, I think, will be pleased enough to see 20% of the population would like to see her as Taoiseach. Mihal Martin enjoys a more significant advantage, however, when it comes to the choice of um, coalition partners. A coalition of Fianna Fáil, the Greens and Labour is narrowly favoured as the most popular Option for the next government with 17% of voters saying they would like to see it forming the next government. So that's Fianna Fáil, Greens and Labour. That's ahead of Fianna Fáil going into coalition with Sinn Féin. 15% of the people are opting for that. And then Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael together. 14% when asked said they'd favour that. And Fianna Gael, Labour and the Greens also on 14. And Fianna Gael, Sinn Féin combination favoured by just 7%, but that could be very much to do with the fact that that's been completely ruled out by Leo Varadkar and many members of the Fine Gael party. And taken together, these figures show that 46% of the voters favour a coalition involving Fianna Fáil ahead of Fine Gael on 35% and Sinn Féin on 22% amongst the options offered. So Sinn Féin came out lowest when asked if they wanted to see them in uh, government. So really, really interesting reading and lots of food for thought for all of the political parties particularly ahead of the debate tonight. I think tonight's debate is really going to be a cracker of a debate but it will be I don't know This sort of electioneering that's been going on of late of attacking the different parties. I'm wondering, you know, when the spin doctors all sit down and they look at what's been happening so far in the the first, the last two weeks of the election campaign, the negative, there's been a lot of this negative campaigning and attacking individuals and attacking parties and you wonder really is that just not working and is that being reflected in the polls and if that's the case and the spin doctors feel it's not working will that tack change tonight or are we going to see a situation where the two main parties Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael running scared are going to completely attack Mary Lou MacDonald tonight and one wonders how would that reflect on them? Particularly if it's two against one. I'm wondering, I just don't think that will go down too well with the viewers. But I know yesterday when we spoke about what was to be just the leaders debate with just the two on tonight, we had so many people saying that they weren't going to watch it with Love Island coming out because it's on at the same time. Many people say not Sick of it, don't want to be watching it. I've had enough of it. Only a few days left as we head uh, to the polls next um, Saturday. Today on the programme, because every day this week we are taking a different constituency and we're going through it with Fiona Corcoran, our senior news reporter, looking at the candidates, looking at who's likely to win, who's unlikely to win and if there's a particular... Fights that are going to happen, in that you know, two candidates both going after the same votes who's likely to come out on top, and of course, Cork Northwest is the constituency we're looking at today. Very different, really. When I was doing the research on this yesterday afternoon, I was thinking compared to the research I had done for yesterday, so when we looked at Cork South Central, Cork South Central has this massive long ballot sheet with 18. Candidates on it. And then I came to today's one, Cork Northwest, and it is a little ballot paper because there's only nine candidates uh, on it. So it's always one of those things whichever of the journalists gets picked to cover the count at the Cork Northwest, it's always the favourite one because they count very quickly. And because there's never very, very many candidates, the elimination happens quite quickly. And they're all usually done and dusted and, and home and in bed with their feet up at eight o'clock, while many of the other count centres are still waiting to return a first. Uh, for first count. So it's always a bit of a joke in the count centre. So everybody dreams of being at the Cork Northwest Count Centre. Anyway, so there's only nine candidates running in this three seat constituency. So we will talk about it uh, today. And it is one of those constituencies that really doesn't change much over the years. It's either very solidly Fianna Gael or very solidly Fianna Fall. Nobody else seems to get a look in in this constituency and looking at it today it's looking like it's going to be kind of the same again it's just is it going to be Fiona Fowler? or is it going to be Fiona Gale is going to take the second seat so we will discuss that with Fiona Corcoran a little bit later on and I know I've got some Vox Pops as well where Fiona's done a lot of work on this she's been out chatting with uh, people I know she we have a Vox Pop from the Balancholic area she went out and spoke about you know what are the issues what are the concerns in Balancholic and also in Canturk and in McCroom. so we'll bring all that to you uh, later on now in a couple of minutes we're going to be hearing about this objection to the Cork Events Centre. Now it is a commercial challenge obviously taken by the the nearest equivalent events centre I suppose is what you'd call it and that's the INEC in, um, in Killarney. But when I woke this morning and heard about this objection, I just thought, oh, God, no, Or this challenge. I was going to say, this is just another reason for the event centre not to go ahead. And the fact that we are on the final week of a general election. Let me take you back to the general election in 2016. And remember that photo op that had Leo Varadkar and all of the Fine Gael candidates running for election and they turning the sod on the event centre? You would kind of think four years on. How did that go for you lads? You know nothing has happened since so we're going to be talking about the event centre today and trying to find out what this objection is about and what does it mean for the future of the event centre in uh, Cork. Also going to have a chat about why giving blood is so important. If you've got any question with regards to donating blood because I know there has been some changes hasn't there been changes to people who lived in the United Kingdom for many years people who lived in the United Kingdom for a period of time from the 80s onwards would, were not allowed to give blood and you know I would often hear whenever we did anything about blood donation from people who had lived and worked in England and had been blood donors while they were in England they would love to be blood donors here in this country and they were disappointed and saddened that when they came home that they, they could no longer take their blood and of course there was also changes to people who have like my good self uh, haemochromatosis uh, and for many years people with well for up to recently people who had haemochromatosis couldn't give blood which made absolutely no sense to me because haemochromatosis means that your blood is rich in iron surely people with haemochromatosis has the richest blood you could possibly want and they were it was being poured down the sink it, was, it wasn't being used and yet in other countries they were using it and now of course there's been a change with the rules how we donate blood in this country and people with hemochromatosis can give blood now and I know all these rules and regulations are put in place because we want to make sure that people are kept safe. We know what happened before with, hep- with the hepatitis um, B scandal and we never want to see that again. We never want to see a case where somebody goes to trust. We want to make sure that when you're given blood, any kind of a blood product that you know you can be 100% sure that that blood product is safe and that everything has been done to make sure that that blood product is safe. So, you know, I would never knock the Blood Transfusion Service Board when they put in place very, very strict rules and regulations, even when sometimes they seem a little bit unfair. So today we're just looking at the donation of blood uh, and why it's so important. And I suppose by having a chat about it, hopefully we will encourage anybody listening who's never donated blood before You might consider doing it. I've managed to persuade Simon on the breakfast show this morning. He's never donated blood and I've managed to persuade him for a New Year's resolution for 2020 to go away and give blood. And I think the hope would be that if you just go away and do it once, if you just commit to doing it once, that maybe you'll come away thinking, yeah, I've done something really good here and that you might go back and give again. Because there'll be people listening to this programme this morning who have been giving blood for many, many, many years and that you reach milestones like the 25th donation, the 50th donation, the 100th donation and people are very proud and, and rightly they should be very proud because we never know, cometh the day when we ourselves may need a donation of blood or a family member may need a donation of blood and again we'll have people listening who will know over the years how their family member benefits because of a blood donation, so give blood. Tommy Fleming, the lovely Tommy Fleming is going to join us later on in advance of two gigs he's doing in the Opera House this weekend I think it's Friday and Saturday we'll confirm all that with uh, Tommy so we'll have a chat in advance of that and then it's Tuesday that means Joe Heffernan joins us and we are doing self-talk and negative self-talk you know that little voice in your head that you just can't shut up and is just at you and at you all the time how to get around that negative self-talk and how to turn that negative talk, talk and turn it into positive talk instead some of your calls And text coming into the programme, we're going to be discussing the competition challenge. This is to do with the funding that's been given to the event centre. And it's a competition challenge. It's been made to the High Court by the Glen Eagle Hotel. Um, And I'm assuming they're fearful in the INEC that, you know, if an event centre opens in Cork, more people from Cork will go there and not go to the INEC. I'm assuming that's going to be one of their arguments. Ken Indohala says many of us in Kentucky and Newmarket will regularly travel to the INEC and will do it rather than go to Cork City as it's nearer and the parking is better. We will, we attend gigs in Killarney rather than in Cork City. If there's a choice and there's a gig on, same gig, similar gig, one in Killarney, one in Cork City Ken Inderhollow reckons that people in that area will go back to Killarney rather than go to Cork City. He can understand why though when it comes to funding the INEC would be objecting while Mary McCroom says depending on the show a gang of us will travel to Killarney again it's the parking it's easier plus there's less traffic once you get beyond Ballyvornik, you also have better roads so many people do the same as that you can't park anywhere in the city to attend some of these shows and only time would tell when the event centre would open as to what type of parking it would actually have now here's one if anybody can answer this uh, please let us know Pat's been on Hi Patricia. With everything, this is, with everything that's going on in the uh, NCT centres and the fact that you go and only 90% of your test is done because they can't put it up on the hoist to look underneath the car. Pat wants to know if I take my car for NCT testing without wheels would it pass if they can't check underneath well firstly everybody packed going for an nct is failing at the moment you've got to go back them to have the 90% of the test done and they put it up on the hoist and then you'll get your full nct certificate but i would suggest i, I would suggest if you want to bring your car in to have it tested without wheels on it you'd want to ring them i, I my initial reaction would be no but i can see the point that you're making that the wheels are they but they they don 't they test the wheels tire pressure, and that isn 't that all tested as part of an n c t or, or is that done when it 's up on the lift i don 't know anyway, is there anybody listening from the n c t can you tell us we 've got Pat who wants to bring in a car i don 't know why why you want to bring a car in without wheels uh, to see if it 'll pass. The first two sections of the test: eighteen fifty, three 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 one zero three. We've been talking about Sinn Féin and how well Sinn Féin are doing in the polls. Margaret feels that people have short memories when it comes to Sinn Féin, while Mary says, "Patricia, Cork Northwest, which is the constituency we're reviewing today, do you realise that it is the only?" constituency in the country that's not running a Sinn Féin candidate. I did know it wasn't running a, a Sinn Féin candidate. Is it the only constituency? I didn't realise that. I really didn't. Because I know that running 42 over 38 constituencies, how many constituencies is there in the, in the country? I'll get that double checked. But thank you. I did know that they're not running a, a, a candidate. But I don't know. Is that because Cork Northwest is seen very much as a constituency where you can't break the grip of Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael because if you look down through the history of that constituency it's always Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael it'd either be two FFs one FG two FGs one FF and, and it looks like it's going to be the same this time around it's just what way it's where is is the wind blowing for Fianna Gael or is the wind blowing for Fianna Fáil that's what it will depend on for Cork North uh, West For me says the texter I will look back to the recent referendums and as a woman and a mother I've decided I will only vote for those who supported the same-sex marriage and those who supported legal, safe and free abortions for the women of this country. That is how I am making my uh, mind up. Someone else, this is on the debate last night, which now sees Hall Martin, Leo Varadkar and Mary Lou MacDonald in a debate between the three leaders of the three most popular parties at the moment. Someone said, very unfair. All of the parties should be taking part in the debate last night. After all, we're all paying our TV licence. It would only happen in Ireland. And I'm assuming that when we say we all, that person is speaking of people who are... Labour Party supporters Green supporters Social Democrat supporters and, and in supporters of independence would like to see them take part in the debate as well 1850 333 103 John Paul taking your calls text or WhatsApp 0862 103
2: 103 Court today on C103
4: With a solid fuel depot at Drew's Fuel and Go Shortcastle Street Mallow Smokeless Coal Turf, Gas and Kiln Dried Wood Open late 7 days Low-cost FastFuel.ie
2: Cork today on C103. Call Patricia with your comment. 1850 103. Now well, according
3: to a front page story on the Irish Examiner today with Owen English, the new 50 million euro state funding package for the Cork Event Centre project is facing a high court legal challenge. Owen English joins me this morning. Good morning to you, Owen.
1: Good morning Patricia.
3: Now it's the Glen Eagle Hotel who operate the INAC who are taking issue with the event centre. What's going on?
1: That's right uh, Patricia um, The uh, as, as some of your listeners may be aware uh, the terms of a new funding deal for this long awaited Cork event centre were revealed in early January after uh, months and in fact years of uncertainty over the funding arrangement. Um, uh, again just without sort of uh, boring your listeners to tears the uh, 20 million euro of state money has been awarded uh, under the terms of a tender to developers BAM, and that money has been on the table since 2014. Uh, The sod on the event centre site was turned before the general election in 2016, but because of a raft of redesigns, uh, planning issues, uh, soaring costs, and requests for extra funding, not a single brick has been laid on the site. And it's taken a long, long time to get to the point in early January last where uh, details emerged of this new funding package where the amount of money the state was pumping into the project went from 20 million to 50 million euro. Uh, And the City Council, which is overseeing this entire tender process, had to notified the changes in the funding arrangements to the market, to the public. And they did that through a technical process. They had to publish what they call uh, a voluntary anti-ex-parte notice. It's a VEAT notice in a European journal to basically let the market know that the terms and the funding arrangements around a tender that was first awarded in 2014 was now changing significantly. And that, crucially, the amount of money that was on the table back in the day, 20 million euro, was now increasing to €50 million. Euro. And the publication of that notice last month gave any potential objectors to the, f- to the new funding deal an opportunity to challenge that through the courts. And what we learned yesterday was that right at the 11th hour of the month-long process uh, during which any legal objection could be made, uh, an objection has in fact been made. And papers have been lodged in the High Court. I understand they were lodged on Friday. Uh, seeking a judicial review of the decision process which led up to the new funding arrangement. And it's the operators of the INEC in Killarney who are behind the objection. It and they'll, they'll say
3: the they'll say this is based on competition because an event centre in Cork will possibly take from them in, in Killarney?
1: I presume that is one of the motivations behind their legal challenge. Now, I did... Uh, emailed them yesterday asking them a series of questions about why they had objected what were the grounds what were their grounds for concern uh, they emailed me back late last night saying that because the matter is now the subject of legal proceedings, it would be inappropriate for them to comment. But, uh, you know, I suppose given the fact that the INEC and the Killarney Convention Centre, the two, two fairly large uh, facilities in Killarney, uh, that the Glen Eagle Hotel Group operates, I presume they would see the Cork Event Centre as some form of threat to their business. Now, What we have been hearing about the Cork Event Centre at all stages along the way is that they are going to be targeting a different type of market, uh, a a larger market. The uh, Cork Event Centre will have a capacity of around 6,000, but we'll also be able to host smaller events. and the IMEC, I think, has a capacity of around four or five thousand. The Killarney Convention Centre has a capacity of around two and a half thousand. But wh- whatever way you, you, you put it, uh, I, I'm sure the operators of both of those venues in Killarney would be afraid that any Cork event centre that would be built in the city would threaten their business would take some business away from them and I can only assume that that will be one of the motivations behind their legal challenge to the funding arrangement.
3: Well, when I even mentioned that you were coming on today to talk about this, the amount of people, particularly in the Duhallow North Cork area, who all say that they regularly go to the uh, the INEC uh, and that's obviously a market that the INEC want to hang on to and they would be fearful that they might go the other way and go up to the city instead. And that £50 it's worth pointing out to listeners uh, Owen that's not a loan that's a, that's a grant isn't it? No we don't it, get that back?
1: It, no strings attached to loan um, Patricia yeah you're right uh, it was one of the many issues that has delayed the delivery of the uh, Cork Event Centre project is whether the developers were getting this money as, as, a, as, a, as a once-off grant or whether, whether they were getting some of it as a grant and some of it as a loan. Um, and it's why when the new funding arrangement was announced in January that everybody thought, uh, certainly in, in the city uh, and, and most certainly anyone living uh, east of the city, uh, thought that you know this was the last hurdle that had to be overcome and that with €50 million Euro of pure grant aid on the table, that this was the last hurdle these, this project had to overcome. Notwithstanding the fact, of course, that on board Plenaud still has to decide whether or not it's going to give it planning permission, that's that's still one final hurdle, but I think people are pretty confident that that, that decision will be a positive one. But the emergence now uh, of a legal challenge to the funding just creates this whole new level of uncertainty around this project. Um, I suppose on the government's part, they have always insisted that, you know, this project does need a certain level of state funding and that the state will see a massive... Uh, kickback in terms of money being spent in the city, uh, in terms of tourists and visitors coming to the city to to see concerts and to attend conferences and to spend their money in the wider economy, and that whatever money is invested in the short term that the city and the wider region will see a huge economic benefit uh, in terms of tourism and spend and jobs in the long run, but that obviously isn't a view shared by the Glen Eagle Hotel group in, in Killarney.
3: Yeah, and when you mentioned the sod turning on the last uh, election, I don't think anybody could have foreseen we'd be here at this election still talking about the, another a brick late. <laughs> will, will we be talking about it before the next election, do you think, again? Will it be built? Uh, you
5: know,
1: Patricia, I, I I I genuinely thought uh, in early January that this was it, that any potential hurdles or, or potholes that could have stalled this project even more, uh, was finally resolved that the funding issue was done and dusted, and that there would be no objectors and certainly when I got wind of the objection over the weekend and finally confirmed it yesterday, I must admit that it kind of took me by a bit of surprise um that the objection came from from Kerry uh, but i've had you know I've had some time to think about it over the last couple of hours, and I suppose we shouldn't be that surprised really. Uh, given the amount of state money that's going into this, given the huge change from the original tender in 2014 to what's on offer now, um, oh, I suppose it's a million-dollar question: Will we still be talking about it in four years? I wouldn't be a bit surprised. Oh <laughs>
3: all right listen Owen thanks a million it's a great story thank you for that and thanks for joining us uh, good morning to you bye bye that is the Owen English of the Irish Examiner and I can see people just cannot believe will this event c- centre ever be built um, Miranda saying it will never be built in my lifetime and I'm only 25 <laughs> hang in there Miranda as well Eighteen fifty three 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 one zero three. John Paul takes your calls text or WhatsApp 0862
2: 103, 103. Court Today on C103. With a solid fuel
4: depot at Drew's Fuel and Go. Shortcastle Street, Mallow. Open seven days for smokeless coal, turf, kiln dried wood and gas. lowcostfuel.ie The count for election 2020 happens this Sunday. 18 new Cork TDs will be elected from five constituencies. Join C103 for an exclusive online programme from 6pm Sunday with live results, tallies, predictions and analysis download the c103 app and click on election 2020 cork or go to c103.ie to listen live plus follow us on twitter for the very latest from all five cork constituencies election 2020 cork live online this sunday from 6 p.m on c103
2: Court today on C103. Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment. 086 103, 103
3: And we had a couple of calls including one in from Helen in Doneraile, saying woke up no water this morning. Could we find out find out why please and when will it be back? We got on to Irish Water. They say there are repairs ongoing to a burst water main and it's causing supply disruptions to Oliver Plunkett Place and surrounding areas in Doneraile, and they expect to have normal service resumed about 3 o'clock today. So that's the reason there's a water outage in Donnerail a burst water main and thank you to a number of people when we were discussing Sinn Féin in the opinion polls and the fact that we're going to be talking about the Cork North West constituency in the next hour on the programme and that is the they're not running a candidate in Cork North West and somebody said did I know it was the only constituency and I was saying I was wondering that was it the only one and it is and it's been confirmed that Sinn Féin is running 42 candidates across 38 constituencies there are 39 constituencies, and the only constituency the party is not competing in is in Cork Northwest. So thank you for that. 1850 333 103. Now, more than 130,000 blood donations were made across Ireland last year. That's according to figures released from the Irish Blood Transfusion Service. To discuss why giving blood is so important and how good are we to give here in Cork, I'm joined by Maureen Gill, who's the area manager with the IBTS in Cork. Good morning Good Morning. Good morning, Patricia. And, and you're welcome. So are we good here in Cork to regularly donate blood?
6: Our Cork donors are very good, yeah. We rely on people coming in every week to donate blood. Across the country, we would need 3,000 units of blood every week. So it's a continual demand that the hospitals need. Um, so Cork donors have been in- incredibly dedicated. Um, And they're always coming out whenever we're given the ask uh, for people to come out to to give blood.
3: So you need 3,000 units uh, units a week. So I take it that you're always looking for new donors? Always, yeah.
6: Um, If you can imagine, hospitals are open every day. There are accidents, surgeries, childbirths that happen every day. And all of those require blood. Um, So the need is always there. And we're always looking for new donors. Our regular donors are fantastic, um, but it gets to a certain time where you're no longer able to donate. Or maybe on that certain day, you can't donate. Maybe you've gotten sick or you've traveled somewhere where there's a restriction. So the new donors are especially helpful to replenish anyone who might be off of the eligible panel of donors.
3: And you mentioned that hospitals are open every day and there's always a need uh, for blood. I think people have a tendency when they think of somebody needing blood or oh, after an operation or, or after an accident. But there's a lot of reasons that somebody will need a donation of blood or blood products, isn't there?
6: Yeah, the reality is, Patricia, that one in four people are going to need blood at some point in their life. So it's a fairly high percentage. So if you're not needing blood, someone in your family is going to or someone in your close circle of friends is going to. So it is something that is going to affect everyone. Um, It might not be on people's radar quite yet, but um, there's lots of areas where blood is needed. Pretty much nearly all of modern medicine requires blood because there isn't a substitute. So you're looking at A&E is a, a big use of it. We have maternity wards where, you know, during childbirth, the mom or the baby might need it as well. Lots of surgery, lots of cancer treatments, um, you know, any accident that might be on the roadside might need it as well. Mm. So the, the need there is constant, and um, there's a, a huge plethora of reasons why someone might need blood. might also be that they're just very, very ill and, and need, uh, you know, an, an increase in their iron. Um, so the, the need is there, and, the, and thus we need donors.
3: Yeah, and I know we will often throughout the year when you when your stocks go low, you'll put out an, an appeal, and it's usually around so sort the of lead up to Christmas or summertime can be tricky months. There's like flashpoints during the year, isn't there?
6: Exactly. Yeah, we we kind of can know when we're going to have a lull. We try keeping the the blood level um, maintain the a good level throughout the year, but especially at Christmas, um, you know, people are going on holidays and there might not be around, but. As I said, the hospitals are still open. Um, so we need that time. Summertime, especially when people again go on holidays, um or maybe been traveling so they're not able to give blood. We we need that extra little uh push, you know, by people on the radio pushing it or doing a social media or doing um phone calls just to get donors in the door. Um because the the blood supply needs to be at a certain level to keep the hospitals running.
3: Okay, so talk to us about who can donate. It's, it's anybody over 18.
6: Yeah, so you have to be over 18 years of age, um, well and healthy. That's one thing. So okay. if you're coming in with a cough and a cold or the flu, especially this time of year, a lot of people won't be able to give blood. Um, if you can imagine, your blood is going into someone who's very ill in the hospital, so we yeah. don't want any more bugs going through. Um, so those are kind of your, the main criteria. Well and healthy, over 18, um, under 65 for the first time anyway. And then we want to make sure that you're not on certain medication and that you haven't been travelling abroad um, to certain areas. So there's a questionnaire online, or when you ring up to our our offices here, we can ask you a couple of questions just to make sure that you're able to to get to the clinic and donate blood on the day.
3: Okay, Mary sent in a text saying, I'd love to be able to give blood, but I lived in England in the 1980s. Has that criteria been removed? It has,
6: we are absolutely delighted that we were able to lift that restriction. So that was in October that we we changed those restrictions. So anyone who lived in the UK, if you're listening, please Please know, come along. You're <laughs> able to donate blood now. Obviously, you need to fit the rest of the
3: criteria. The criteria. Yeah.
6: Um, and there's a load of information on our website. It's giveblood.ie. Um, you can go into an area of Can I Give Blood? And there's a really short multiple choice questionnaire that you can take um, that'll... You know, help you um, know if you're able to give blood, but that rule about being in the living in the UK that has been lifted. So and a did lot you, of people did you see are happy.
3: A, did you see a spike in donors following the lifting? We have. It's yeah. been a
6: steady increase. As you can imagine, we go to communities every night. So there wasn't a huge rush, you know, of everyone who's ever lived in the UK attending that first week, but we didn't want that. We wanted a a nice, even increase, and there has been, and we're delighted, um, and we're delighted to see these donors return, um, because they haven't been able to donate for so long. Um, So, yeah, we were kind of looking at a, a nice increase, and it's been steady Um, And it's continuing because a lot of places we haven't gotten to yet. Yeah, and
3: also it's just getting, I mean, there's a typical example of Mary contacting us. She was unaware. She thought she still couldn't give. So she's heard it today. So there's a new donor. I don't know where where her nearest clinic is. And you do go, you get out out and about right across the county. Because I don't think there's a day on our community diary that we're not announcing that you're somewhere across the city and county.
6: Yeah, Cork is especially handy because um, not only, (coughs) excuse me, not only are we visiting the local communities, so we go across Cork City and across the county as well, but we also can bring people into our clinic in St. Finbar's. So if there's a special need for a certain blood type, um, donors might get a call saying, we, we really need your type of blood. Can you come into St. Finbar's? Um, so we have that facility as well. And it's also used by a lot of the Cork companies. People might not be aware of that, but we have a program where we invite local core companies into Finbar. So we make appointments for their staff. So it's a fantastic employee initiative where the company can encourage staff to give blood.
3: Oh, isn't that a terrific idea? Yeah.
6: So it's a great way for them to check a box off their corporate social responsibility. And obviously, they're saving lives. Um, So there's not really a better way to spend an hour or two.
3: And it doesn't hurt. I was making that point earlier (laughs) to people who've... Because I know some people have phobia about needles and, oh, it's going to hurt me and what. It doesn't. It really doesn't.
6: Yeah, that's that's a huge factor in why people don't donate is the fear element. Um, And all I can say is, you know, bring a friend along. (laughs) You know, you can share the journey. Um, but you're in very good hands when you get to the clinic. You know, our teams out there, they see hundreds of people every day. So they're extremely well-practiced, um, and they understand people are a little bit hesitant coming in. Um, while the entire journey might take an hour long, and the, the shortest part of it is when you have the needle in your arm, Um So you will be well taken care of.
3: Yeah, yeah. And then you have a great system in place where you'll contact people to let them know they're back around in the area again and a reminder to come and donate. Yeah,
6: we use texting quite a bit. So we can tell people, you know, put the the date in your diary and then when it gets closer to the time, we'll say, you know, we we really need your blood type. Um, And what's actually really nice now, in the last couple of years, we started a program where we can text people once their blood has been issued, We'll let them know where it's gone. Oh, that's and it's been fantastic. Yeah. People have been sharing those posts on social media, sharing it around to their circle of friends, saying, "Oh wow, you know, my blood has just been used today in you know a children's hospital or in CU- CUH or um, somewhere." So it's a nice feel after weeks after you donated
3: blood. Okay, that really is terrific. Okay, so uh, the website again for people just to check out and find out more, Maureen. It's GiveBlood.ie. Okay, giveblood.ie. Okay, and uh, uh, continued good luck. You're doing fantastic work. And thank you for joining us and talking to us on the programme today. Trisha. Good morning Thanks. to you. And Mary, you. we'll see you at the next clinic. Absolutely. Take care. <laughs> bye bye, bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. That is uh, Maureen Gill, Area Manager for the Irish Blood Transfusion Service here in uh, Cork please give blood. Okay some of your texts coming in on the event centre that I just spoke to Owen English about and the delays and now that it's gone to a grant of 50 million not alone it's a no strings attached a grant somebody says Patricia that kind of money should be spent in the health system or in their homeless services surely 50 million to a, a private company that's going to go on to make money out of it. seems like a lot of money even though as own says it does come back in that the, the theory would be the jobs that it would create the amount of people it would bring to, uh, to Cork. But yeah, I can understand 50 million when you look at what's going on in the country at the moment it could build certainly a certain amount of houses and would go a long way within the health service uh, for sure. And just on the NCT when I mentioned the NCT and Peral Pat wants to bring a car with no tyres no wheels on it I just I still don't know where he's thinking is coming on this but he's just saying you know if they can't put it up in the hoist can I bring in a car with no wheels and would it pass the first two parts of the test Jill says Do you have to pay twice to have your car tested now with the NCT no you don't you'll go once you will be failed you'll get a failed certificate but you get a note saying why, well, it'll show on your certificate why you failed. is because the lift wasn't in operation, the hoist wasn't working. So if you stop by a member from you Shea they'll know that you've passed everything else. Now, if you fail for any other reason, you've got to get that sorted out. But you can certainly drive around with an out-of-date NCT cert as long as you've been in and have fail, have, you're failing because they weren't able to do the last part of the test. Hi, Patricia, on the NCT, why are they still accepting bookings if they cannot provide a complete check. It will not will it not clog up the system? When all of those who have booked now taken the test will have to return to the centre to be rechecked. Or are they only trying to make themselves look busy? Well when I looked when I when I looked into it last week when it first came up, with the reason we were told that they're going ahead with the first half of the test is to not block up the system when the hoists are working and the people come back just for the 10% part of the cheque that if they left everybody then we would have a backlog and we would have people scrambling to try to get time slots to get their test on but in Northern Ireland they've taken a different approach and they've cancelled their equivalent to the MOT until they have their lifts sorted out Next hour we'll be previewing the Cork North West constituency with our senior news reporter Fiona Cork
2: Cork today on C103
4: With a solid fuel depot at Drew's Fuel and Go Shortcastle Street, Mallow, call and collect or get 7 day delivery for those cosy nights in lowcostfuel.ie Hello, this is Eric Griffin Join me Monday to Friday between 7 and 8 for some great songs on C103 Anthems And then... Hello, this is Declan
2: Ernie here. Hello, this is Sean Keane. Hello, this is Cathy Durkin. Hi, this is Louise Morrissey. Hi,
4: this is
0: Mick Flavin. Hello, this is Daniel O'Donnell here, and you're listening to Country and Irish with Eric
4: Griffin on C103. Don't miss Anthems at 7 and the very best of Country and Irish Remains right here on C103. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed.
3: Texts and questions that came in for uh, Maureen Gill, our expert from the Blood Transfusion Service uh, Centre, the regional manager in Cork. And unfortunately, some of them were slow. Some of the texts can be slow coming in and then they don't arrive, particularly some of the WhatsApps, they don't arrive until after the interview is finished. And I know people get frustrated as if I'm ignoring you and I'm not. So I can try, I'm going to try and do my best to answer some of the questions. Somebody was on to John Paul uh, saying how long do they hold on to the blood for, you know, how long do they stockpile it for and um, we got back on to morning. It's actually 45 days is how long it lasts for. Well, I think that idea that they've come up with of actually sending a text out to somebody to say your blood has just been used and how it's been used. I think that's A fantastic idea and I think that will encourage more people to give blood because there was a lovely text in from a Douglas listener to say as somebody who panics even when collecting a prescription I'm very proud of my son who got a gold medal for donations isn't that brilliant you see there and they're the regular donors they are the ones that keep the blood transfusion service board going but they're the ones that need to be replaced because they're not always available and but it's great and you know I'm trying to encourage people even if you just go along and give it for the first time just see how you get on just see how you get on and maybe you'll be like that Douglas Listener's son and you'll find yourself with a gold medal for the number of your donations and how terrific would that be. Uh, somebody want again we're still getting questions in on um, is it true that people from the UK can now donate? Absolutely That's since October of last year and actually if you go on to give Blood.ie. It's actually on the f- the very first page of it. it talks about it but yes if you lived in the United Kingdom you can now donate uh, blood and as I said to Maureen any time in the past that we would do interviews with the Blood Transfusion Service Board we'd always get calls in from somebody very annoyed that they were blood donors when they lived in England and now they're back here in Ireland can't donate you can now and another listener and my apologies because Maureen is off the line uh, saying how long after an operation do I need to wait to give blood I had hysterectomy in August um, and had given about 60 donations in the past wow you're one of the fantastic donors I know when I Looked on if you go on giveblood.ie and they have this list of health questions and you know frequently asked questions and it does cover you could if you could de- de- scroll down through the list it does cover surgery but what it suggests is it depends on the surgery it depends on the reason for the surgery so they ask you to contact them so that's what I would suggest that that listener uh, does because you're you're one of their longtime donors they would love to hear from you and I'm sure they'd love to get you back on board donating blood once the timeline has elapsed. And you're able to give blood because obviously they want to look after you uh, as well as another reason for a delay after an operation of taking blood. And Pat in Mallow says, why can't over 65s donate blood, Uh, Patricia? Because that was one of the questions I asked, you know, once you're over 18, can anybody give blood? And Maureen said over 18 and under 65. Under 65, though, is for your first time Giving blood, there are older donors who give blood. If you're aged between 65 and uh, 70, and you've donated blood in the past 10 years, then you can still give blood. So if you were a regular blood donor before your 65th birthday, then absolutely you can continue to give for the next five years. And then they say, in selected cases, you can give blood if you're in if you're 70 years of age and over, but you must have donated in the past two years. You must have a medical certificate of fitness from your GP and the search is valid for 12 months from the date of issue. So they do take some of their regular donors are well into their 70s and are of good health because obviously they want to get the blood because they need the blood, but they want to also look after the person donating the blood. So, you know, they don't want to leave anybody feeling anemic after it or, or whatever. So, they look after the donors as well. But there isn't a cutoff of 65. The cutoff is at 65 for the first time you donate. You must do it before your 65th birthday. 1850, 103. I can see some suggestions and talk coming in from Cork Northwest, which is the constituency constituency that we are going to be reviewing today. We'll be previewing today. We'll be doing that in a couple a couple of minutes and we'll be listening some to some of the thoughts and comments from people in McCroom, in Kanturkin, and in Balancholic where Fiona went out and did some Fox pups with them. So we'll be bringing that to you. I can see some people already putting in their suggestions as to what way they think that that particular constituency what way it is going to uh, vote. Well I'll get back to that because it just let me, some other on NCT's uh, coming in. When we mentioned the NCT uh, test, pointless going for a test, says this texture, knowing you're going to be failed and it's, at, it's because of the NCT uh, centre they should close them down. There. Yeah, I think a lot of people agree would would agree with you, and certainly a lot of our listeners agreed last week when we were doing the comparison between the NCT and the MOT up the north. They've closed down the centres up there, and you can't go for your test. So people are allowed to drive around with a failed and out of date MOT until they sort out the problem with the lifts but down south they've taken a different line and because they've taken a different line you therefore must go when you're due in NCT, you must go if you've already booked it or if you're due in NCT you need to book it, even though a couple of people pointed out last week because, you know, we were saying that you can book three months in advance. It should be fairly silly now to be booking your, your test three months in advance because you know you're going to have to go back. So certainly if your NCT isn't due for three months, I wouldn't be booking early. I would be waiting in the hope that by the time your NCT is due, they'll have this problem sorted out. And then when you go, you'll be able to go and get your proper test and you won't have to go back to have the second part of it done. I, I can see why people wouldn't want to go three months in advance. Patricia, regarding the NCT, anyone going to the test centre today, you get a 90, 90% of it done. When you go back for the remainder, do you pay for the 10%? No. you. When you go... And, and I know where you're coming from on it. Why should you pay the full €55 Euro for a 100% test when you're only getting 90% of the test? But no, when you turn up, if you turn up today for your NCT, you'll get 90% of the test done, which is section one and section two of the test. You can't move on to section three, but you still get charged. It is €55, Euro, isn't it? You still pay the €55 Euro on the day of the test. But therefore, when you go back to have your car put up on the hoist, to have the 10% of the test done, Section 3, you won't get charged for that. That's the only difference. Except the inconvenience of having to bring your car to the test centre. And one listener last week was very annoyed because they had taken a day off work to go to the test centre on and was saying they will have to take another uh, day off. And then there's the drive because not everybody lives right beside an NCT centre. For some people, there's a drive involved in actually getting to the, the centre and back. So there's the cost involved in that as well. But uh, there's no compensation. Well, certainly up to now, there's no compensation. You still have to pay for the test on the day that you get the 90% of your NCT at Dom. £50 says Audrey. This is on the event centre that we spoke about in the last hour with Owen English of the Examiner who's writing in the Examiner today about the INEC in Killarney. They are putting in a high court legal challenge and their challenge is against the state funding of €50 million being given as a non-payable grant to BAM and Live Nation, and then once the venue is built, the centre transfers to the operator, and uh, the IDC in Glen Eagle are taking umbrage with that, and they're going to the High Court. Uh, and of course, the fifty million is the one that's getting a lot of attention, even though it's been getting it was getting a lot of attention when it was twenty million. And then when it went to fifty million, I and mean, some people are very very annoyed about the amount of money that's been ploughed into this event centre. I think more because. We had the sod turning four years ago before the last election. Another brick has been uh, laid. Audrey says fifty million. Patricia would go a long way to help the homeless. We really don't need this event centre, says Audrey in, in says Audrey in Cork. I don't know if a lot of people would agree with you on that. I think a lot of people feel we do need this event centre. Whether we need to be pumping fifty million into it, I think, is a question. Is is what's been most uh, questioned. And back to the election, says uh, Tim Tipperary. The county of Tipperary can decide the future of the country now. It's unfortunate that an independent candidate died, but the whole election should be postponed for a fortnight, Tim believes. Now the Tipperary crowd... We'll know how the rest of the country have voted and they can change their original intention to vote for or against a party or an individual, says uh, Tim. And of course, Tim is talking about the sudden death of candidate Maurice Schiam from Thurless. It means that the polling will now not take place next Saturday, anywhere in Tipperary. They're talking about it being delayed until the following Saturday. February the 13th even though I can't see it or is that a Friday February the 13th is a Friday I think I can't see it even taking place I think it'll even be longer than that anyway for people who've postal votes obviously they've already been cast in this five-seater constituency they've been scrapped nominations will reopen for nine days so I can't see there's no way that the election could go ahead on, on February the 13th if they've got to reopen nominations for nine days. Now, officials were unable to say when a new polling date will be set. Some ex- experts are predicting the situation will also, requ- will also require the return of the doll, which is due to be held on February the 20th. That, of course, now will have to be rescheduled. A number of candidates in Tipperary last night indicated they've all temporarily suspended campaigning, which I think is the honourable thing to do. And this is as a mark of respect uh, to Mrs scheme. She had been canvassing uh, as an independent TD in the five-seater constituency. Her passing means Tipperary, as Tim has pointed out, will most certainly know who is best placed to form the next government before they go to the polls. This could have major implications, obviously, for the two major parties in contention. Now, Fina Gale are really watching Tipperary because they desperately wanted to win a seat here. They actually lost two seats in the 2016 uh, election. But the reason for the two seats being lost was prior to 2016, Tipperary was divided into two constituencies. There was South Riding and North Riding. And then, of course, it came; to, it was unified into one constituency. And Fine Gael, despite having enough votes to elect a TD... It was the vote management here, they they came away with no seats at all. Now based on opinion polls to date, Fianna Fáil have hopes of taking a second seat in this five seat constituency but this also is a constituency that has a lot of very strong independence. Michael Lowry is in there, Matty McGrath is in there, Seamus Healy is in there, Fianna Fáil's Jackie Cal. they will all be vying for to try to top the poll. Labour's Alan Kelly is also in this constituency he's, well, up to what has happened before the cancellation of the vote he was expected to be uh, elected but he had to guard his North County stronghold and that's because there's a very strong independent up uh, in that area Joe Hannigan and the returning officer for Tipperary has been in contact with the Department of the Environment to see where they go from here but as of now it has been postponed and that uh, delay to the voting in Tipperary certainly means that people in the constituency will have an unprecedented influence over the makeup of the next government. 1850 Hi, Patricia. February the 13th this is a Thursday. Thank you. I should have little calendars with me at all times when I shout out dates like that. Thank you. I've got great listeners who are always in like a shot uh, to give me the information that uh, I need. Yeah, so I can't see an election being held certainly the following Thursday. Not if they need nine days for nominations. I heard earlier that anyone who's already put their name on the ballot paper, their nomination remains in place. But in the interest of fairness, they now have to open it up to all other no- n- nominees. And one wonders, will, with the swing towards Sinn Féin, one wonders, will they decide maybe to add another candidate to the ballot paper? It might be a smart move on their behalf. John Paul, taking your calls. 1815 333 103. Text WhatsApp 0862 103
2: 103. See 103 jobs. A full-time healthcare
3: assistant. And a full-time staff nurse are both required for Maria Goretti Nursing Home that's in Kilmalach. Two construction workers are wanted to get a site ready that's in Middleton. And a person is required to look after three children, school collections at 12.30 and again at three. They can be minded in the children's own home or in the child home and it's in the Newmarket area. And a senior hairstylist and a second or third year trainee stylist all wanted for Cantark. they will find all the details and more job opportunities by going online now. Just go... To c103.ie forward slash jobs for more. This is C103.
2: Cork today on C103.
4: With a solid fuel depot at Drew's Fuel and Go, Shortcastle Street, Mallow, smokeless coal, turf, gas, and kiln dried wood. Open late seven days. Lowcostfuel.ie. C103 brings you Farm Talk with John O'Connor. Saturdays at 10am and Wednesdays at 10pm. Why is it so important for farmers to have their silage tested if they want to ensure
7: adequate feeding for their animals during the winter period? If we don't know exactly how good the quality of silage is, without testing it's like trying to score with no goalposts. Turn on Farm
4: Talk with Dairy Gold Agri-Business for quality feed, expert service and support you can trust. Only
2: on C103.
3: And we are continuing with our previews of the five local constituencies here in Cork ahead of next Saturday's general election with the spotlight today on Cork Northwest, Joining me, Fiona Corcoran, our senior news reporter. Good morning to you, Fiona. While yesterday had the longest list of candidates with 18, this one has got to be Mm -hmm. the smallest with just nine candidates um, on it. Firstly, talk to me about the, the geography of this area. It's very much a rural constituency.
8: It is Patricia. The majority of this constituency is rural, small towns located in rural areas such as Canturk and uh, Newmarket. Um, but then in the, a couple of years back if you remember, Ballincollig was taken out of the city and put into this constituency and Ballincolig um, is completely different then to to the rest of the constituency in that it's one of these towns, it's a commuter town just on the outskirts of Cork City. It's growing all the time, it's developing Developing all the time, there's a huge amount of investment in Balancholic um, and I suppose their issues there are completely different to what other people in the constituency were saying to me and um, on Saturday the Taoiseach Leo Varadkar and uh, Minister Michael Creed were canvassing in Balancholic and uh, while they were on the street they were accosted by two women who brought up the issue of the lack of school places in Balancholic due to the amount of houses that are being built and the amount of people who were coming on and I think you might have a clip there Patricia, OK, we do, that. we do. The schools is a
9: big issue out here now do we have children this year or can't even get places in Well You're building houses, you're building apartments, big offices... No, no schools. My children, children are in the new school, yes, in, the, in the rugby club, enjoying, and we have no schools. We have no sites. No but th- we are three years... Yeah, it's an act of looking. Yeah. But because Balloncolic is so... Everyone's looking to build houses, we can't find a site. So that's what I'm w- wondering, what's going to be done for that? You're so busy, you're trying to build houses, we're yeah. piling people into Balloncolic, and we're in a prefab at the bottom of the rugby club, and we they have sat down and they have looked at sites and plans. Everything's fallen through because it's all been sold to developers. So what's going to be done to help us? We're lying to our grandchildren today. Yep. Maybe we'll come in the post next week. Well, seems be quite satisfied that Chinese actually.
7: The Chinese with yeah. their
9: JCBs. Yeah. They were flying last week. The hospitals, yeah. you should Thank get you them. Well, no, get the Chinese in. in. Yeah, Legoland. Nothing has been done about Nothing has been done. So we, we'll have to probably it's vote for somebody else.
3: Bring bring in the Chinese. Um, sorry for no, laughing. It's just yes, <laughs> fantastic, yeah. But yeah, but that's a very different issue to what people in, in the much more rural parts of the constituency will be worrying about.
8: Yeah, Patricia. I went out to Cantark and you know, completely different town, completely different issues there. Um, like with the likes of Canturk, people were saying to me that there's been little or no investment in the town in recent years, and a number of businesses closed down over the years, and a lot of younger people may have moved out out from Cantark. It's not really, I suppose, um, you know, it's a good hour away from the city, so it's not really considered a commuter town. It's more a rural town, and um, I spoke to one local businessman who has a shop in the town centre and he spoke to me about the difficulty with trying to make a living in somewhere like Canturk and he said that you know they'd love to see a little bit more investment from the next government in somewhere like Canturk and I think okay. you have a clip I there of that here. as well I think
10: they're investing in the city and they're forgetting about the small towns and they're building new houses outside these towns instead of filling up the houses that are there and the council will do them all up and get the people back into the town there's no footfall in the town anymore
8: so do you think that there needs to be more investment in Cantor and do. these kind of areas?
10: I do, because this was a great town mm. which was going way back I've shop myself in town
8: So is it hard to trade and to do business here?
10: It's very hard, it's very hard You know, It's hard, you must pay your rates and you must pay your overheads and it's, it's nearly impossible now like. you know, and It's the same with a lot of shops that I've been talking to around the town you know. I mean, there's days there now I would see no one in town Yesterday now it was very, very slack altogether
3: and I think that view is picked up right across the county. There is this mm. sense that all the money's been spent in Dublin and that rural Ireland were almost been forgotten about.
8: And even here in Cork, Patricia, you know, you see so much development in the city. There's cranes everywhere. You're hearing of all these different housing developments and in all of these commuter towns like Ballincollig, Glanmire, Carrick But then the further out into the county you go, there's just no investment whatsoever. And there's no um, kind of schemes to try and attract people to come into to the towns. And I know that they have sorted out the broadband um, issue and that that's being rolled out. And you would hope that that might attract more businesses. But I think they need a little bit more than just broadband. Expand. And you know, they need to improve services, they need to improve roads. Um, and speaking of roads, um, I also went to McCroom, and uh, we all know that um, anybody who's travelled on that road, the congestion in McCroom at any time of the day, but particularly at peak time, is just choking up the town. And it has been bad for business because a lot of people driving through the town just don't stop because there's nowhere to park or they don't, you know, want to get back into that traffic again. Um, now, we did get word at the end of last year that the law long- awaited Macroon bypass had been given the go ahead and the contracts had been signed for that and the funding had been approved um, but it's still going to take about four years for that to um, be completed but locals in the town that I spoke to have very much welcomed the Macroon bypass and hope that once that's built and once that's finished that it will really boost trade in the town and I think you might have a clip of that as well there Patricia. Pension
9: There was no need in the world for it not to be brought back. They gave billions, they raided the pension fund in a time of crisis, that was fine. They've left the banks get away with murder. They have made a fortune and not one penny back. Every penny should be paid back by the banks into the pension fund again. There's no way that the, the middle class of Ireland should have to pay for everything. Those people are running like the clappers, trying to stay going, to keep everybody else going. And it's hardly fair. And also the total lack of understanding they have in Dublin for rural Ireland. Look Look at our roads. Look at our services. Look at our buses. We've nothing. Absolutely nothing.
7: You can see the amount of big trucks now that are passing through and it's continuous. It just never stops. And for people on the outskirts of the town, they just won't come in because they can't find parking or they're stuck in traffic. So the, the bypass has been a big issue, but hopefully it's going to go ahead now anyway
8: think that when all the traffic is bypassed of the town that there may be more businesses opening up here, more houses being built here?
7: I, w- I would hope so anyway you know and more people will come back into town than I know people from say Manangiri and Chigila say they'll go to Benchy and Dunmanway, or rather than come into Macroom because they can't get parking in Macroom.
3: Again it's that what's reflected isn't it right across the, the, mm. the, the county by people living in the county towns
8: That's right, yeah, and I suppose for the candidates in this constituency and in other constituencies as well, like it it's um, a tough um, balance, isn't it? Because you've got one town saying that there's too much development and then you've got other towns saying that there's not enough development and you would think logically you know, try and kind of spread it out but that just doesn't seem to be the case over the last couple of years Um, and in this constituency um, you know, it is a three-seater constituency and um, historically it's always been either two Fianna one Fine or two Fianna Fáil, one, Fine Gael, uh, or two Fine Gael, one Fianna Fáil. and currently um, it's th- two Fianna Fáil, one Fine Gael. Uh, Michael Creed, the current Minister for Agriculture, he topped the poll the last time um, and then Fianna Fáil's Adrius Moynihan and Michael Moynihan took the second and third seat. Um, so when we're looking at the geography of Cork North uh, West Michael Creed and Andreas Moynihan would be in that area where you have Colleg and McCroom whereas Michael Moynihan um, would be up kind of in the northern side of the constituency the northern part of the constituency and likewise um uh, second candidate John Paul O'Shea he's up in that area with an office in Kanturk, he's just outside Lumbertstown and he's also hoping, uh, to get in. And I think it'll be interesting to see now whether the voters stick with um what they voted the last time, and that the Michael Creed, Andreas Moynihan, and Michael Moynihan are re-elected, or whether John Paul O'Shea gets enough votes to uh, get that third seat and maybe oust Michael Moynihan. Um, and I think with Finnegall, the, the 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 strategy is that maybe Michael Creed, um, when he is elected, that a lot of his surplus votes will go to John Paul O'Shea and and bring him. Over the line. Yeah, I, I, mean, um, I, re- I
3: really think when you look at this constituency, I mean, the first preferences are going to be crucial uh, because with so mm. few candidates, there's not going to be that much surplus votes uh, or votes for transfer. So it will depend on how well. I mean, if Mike Creed gets a good first preference with mm. a high surplus, then absolutely. It should go down uh, to Andreas Moynihan. But the dogfight, sorry, it should go down to John Paul O'Shea. The dogfight really Mm. here is going to be between Michael Moynihan and John Paul O'Shea. I mean, if you look at John Paul O'Shea in the Mm. last election, he was running as an independent and there is a difference between running as an independent and then running under the Fianna Gael banner. Will it make a difference? Will it add to its votes? Will it take from from his votes? But Mm. he did very well. He
8: lost out on
3: a small number of votes.
8: Yeah, he lost out by just 249 votes so it was so close for him. And uh I suppose when Finngael saw that they thought that he would be a good um choice for them because, you know, if he is able to to gain then on Michael Creed's surplus votes. But then you'd wonder as well, if people in this constituency are looking for a change, was John Paul O'Shea the voice of change and just maybe didn't have enough, um, like the people weren't familiar with him enough the last time around and if he had run as an independent this time, maybe that would be the voice of change that they would be looking for. Absolutely,
3: And Michael Moynihan on the ground, you can never rule out Michael Moynihan the amount of work that that man does on the ground.
8: Yeah, but that's it, you know, and it, it is such a large constituency and he'd be up kind of around Charleville, which again, even though it's in a kind of a more rural area, it is doing very well um, or, or well enough, like, you know, maybe not as well as the likes of Balancholic, but would definitely be doing better than the likes of uh, Um So you would imagine that he'd have a lot of support there. Um, so it is, and, and I think it's definitely between the four of them. Um, like the Green Party are running uh, candidate, Colette Finn. She was elected to the City Council last year. Um, and interesting in this constituency, Patricia, Sinn Fein don't actually have any candidate. And, you know, given the fact that Sinn Fein now are topping all of the polls, yeah, you would wonder if they did run a, a, a candidate in this constituency, would they have done well? Um, but the other candidates in here include Kieran McCarthy of the Social Democrats Becky Keeley of Aintu Tara McDonnell of the Irish Freedom Party and Independent Sean O'Leary uh, Now I did ask people how they are going to vote uh, when they go to the polls on Saturday and uh, they had some interesting
7: answers <laughs> I'd be always inclined to vote locally anyway they like wouldn't be particularly interested in politics
9: I'd be voting for Michael Creed I've voted for him all my life but I could kill him at times because of all this nonsense going on they need to come back to basics come back to the people come back and, and, and talk to the people who are voting for them and like they've done fantastic work but they have made oh stupid mistakes at times no need for it
0: why be Finnegale? I will never yeah. Oh, will yeah, yeah do
9: you think that
8: Finnegale have been good in government?
0: I, I think they're, they're doing okay anyway you know I can't see any fault with them at the moment anyway
8: I've thought big about it yes I won't be voting for uh, who I usually use vote for
9: anyway I'll go for a change this time, I think, yeah. Definitely, yeah, definitely, yeah. And why yeah. Is that a- no, not one bit happy wish them, no. No, 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 no. Seem, they seem to be feathering their own nests, really. They're not looking out for the ordinary uh, Joe soap at all.
10: We've uh, TD here in this town for 21 years. And he's nothing done for the town. Nothing. Towns are gone backwards.
8: So will you change your vote this time around, do you
10: think? No, I'm not voting at all this time. Are you not? No, because I think they're all the same. They're promising, promising, promising.
3: I always hate when I hear people saying that they're, they're, they're not going know, to vote. Yeah. A number of people are querying why Ballancolic is still in uh, Cork Northwest. Uh, the fact that under the changes for the local government, it's in the city. Many people are saying that that mm. needs to be uh, looked at again
8: yeah definitely. um like before the boundary extension came into play, the balancholic had been taken out of um cork south Central and had been put or cork north Central and was put into cork Northwest. so I suppose it is something that they should look at really um because it is um completely different constituency, and they brought Bishopstown into cork north Central where it's, that had always been cork south central and you know I think um those moves have caused a lot of confusion in people as well. Even, you know, I'm in the Bishopstown area and when you're driving into Bishopstown, there's posters for candidates from South Central and North Central and a lot of people <laughs> don't really know who they're supposed to be voting for, it, you know. So um, I think it is something after the boundary extension that they should really look at. Um, and uh, if anybody out there would be able to explain to us why it's not being looked at, we'd love to hear yeah, it from you. Yeah. But, um,
3: so so Cork, Northwest, it's fair to say this is a key battleground, isn't it, for the two main parties?
8: it is yeah and i think given the fact that um you know the the polls over the last week have shown a downward trend for Fine Gael, they would certainly be hoping that they'd get two seats here in this constituency and be able to boost their numbers in cork um and then likewise finnafall you know they they took a bit of a nose there in the last poll as well so they'll be hoping to get the two seats but it's definitely going to be um between the two finnafallers and two Fine Gaelers. and um it will be really really interesting to see what way it goes and i think people are predicting that Michael Creed and Andreas Moynihan are definitely safe, and that they will take the two seats, and then that it will be um, a, a, a dog fight, as you say, between Michael Moynihan and John Paul O'Shea, and I think it's going to be a very, very close fight between the two of them.
3: Okay, and of course it is, as I mentioned this earlier, it's always the constituency where, because there's so few, I think, candidates, they manage Mm. at the count centre to get through it very quickly and they're all home and gone to bed by about half eight while the rest are in count centres. We're still waiting on, for Until, a, first, yeah. <laughs> on a first vote, <laughs> uh, so a first count some, some of the times. What did you make of uh, this morning's uh, opinion poll and Sinn Féin storming ahead? I mean, it's certainly, I imagine there is a lot of nervousness within Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael today.
8: There is, um, but I was actually looking at the the breakdown of the survey. The Irish Times gave a whole breakdown of the survey and interestingly, a lot of the people who support Sinn Féin would be the younger voters, the middle-class voters and the people in urban areas. Um, and oftentimes when it comes to the polls, um, the younger people, even though they register and vote, um, they might not actually go out to vote. They might have other things on or they might have other plans. Um, and, you know, historically, it's always the older people that get out and vote. Um, but I, you know, as we were saying yesterday, I definitely think that that attitude is changing, and I do think there will be a lot more younger people out there to vote. Um, and you know, yesterday we didn't know whether or not Mary Lou Macdonald was going to be able to take part in tonight's leaders debate, and we know now that RTE have given her the go ahead, and she's going to be voting. And. You know, you'd wonder whether or not the opinion polls have been favouring Sinn Féin because Mary Lou was being excluded and, you know, people were feeling sorry for her. Um, So it'll be interesting to see her performance now tonight because I think Leo Varadkar and Micheál Martin will really, rather than go for each other, they're really going to go for her. And I think, you know, she needs to really be prepared for that and, and, you know, know know her facts and, and know the policies inside out because they're really going to look to try and kind of you know but then uh, i
3: sometimes wonder i think we the irish we we always seem to go for the underdog if we have the two of mm. them deciding to attack her, there will be a level of sympathy towards her and the fact that it's going to be two men attacking a woman even though she's a tough, tough cookie. tough cookie. <laughs> but I yeah. think they've got to get that balance right and not be seen to just attack because they have, like Fine certainly has gone on the attack of Sinn Féin. If you look at any of their, their stuff mm. up on Twitter, it's all negative towards Sinn Féin. And if you're looking at the opinion polls, yep. that's not working in their favour.
8: Yeah, they had a whole video of a load of different election candidates coming out and saying that they weren't going to go into government with Sinn Féin and, you know, some people were kind of saying on social media that it was nearly a form of bullying you know, um, and as you say, you know, and I think that that's why, like if you look at the, the polls, Sinn Féin has gone up something like as a 20% since October um, and a lot of that I would say, and like my own opinion would be because Mary Lou was being exclu- excluded from a lot of the leaders debates and people didn't like it um and they think that you know she should she should have been allowed in um so yeah and i think Um, you know, we were just talking in the newsroom there a while ago. Um, in the last couple of leaders' debates, Mihal Martin has been very um like he's been kind of shouting his point across at people. Uh whereas Leo Faradkar has been kind of taking a more um quiet approach to the debates and is kind of stepping back a little bit. And I wonder will he be like that again tonight? Um or will it be like will it be a complete shouting match between Mihal Martin and Mary Lou MacDonald? And will Leo Faradkar just kind of stand back a little bit or will he get into the fight as well? It'll be interesting to see what way they all perform now tonight and what their handlers are telling them to do now today as well because you know it's obviously um, it's this is a really really important night for the three of them. And certainly and even, a, go,
3: a good move by RT to change their mind and, and invite Mary Lou to it.
8: Ah yeah, I think like she should have been invited from the very start. Um, you know, they are one of the main parties as well. And, you know, the polls since this election campaign started have been in Sinn Fein's favour, really. They've been going up and up the whole time. Um and like you know, I I, I know that they wanted to just have the potential uh Shocks fight uh, debating each other, but you know, the way that the government is going to be formed now they're going to have a lot of the smaller parties in government to, to to make up the numbers so i kind of think that they should all be like the leaders should all be in, included in the debates you know um but then i don't know that's just my opinion anyway but uh you know i, I i'm yeah. not the national broadcaster I know, but I um know. no i uh, I do think um I am glad to see that Mary Lou has been included you know, I think some people are saying maybe she'd have been better off not not going in and that she'd get the sympathy vote, but look, I think she she has a lot to say, and I think she has every right to yeah, to go yeah. out and in and it's the going to make it's going to make for
3: much more interesting viewing because the very first debate which was between the two boys was a little bit like Mm. watching paint dry at one stage, you know, so I mean, it will. Well, I fell asleep, so... (laughs) I hung in there with coffee. Actually, I had to take coffee and I know we never drink coffee at night. Okay, some of your thoughts... it doesn't make a lot of sense. The councillors based in Mallowtown are councillors for Cork Northwest, while Mallow is in the Cork East Doll constituency. Mm-hmm. John says don't forget Fina Gale let the farmers down for years. Someone else says Mill Street is also a Cork Northwest Town. Does Fiona know that? She does. She couldn't get around to everywhere, unfortunately. And here's one I didn't know. An area of Ballanine and Enniskine is also in Cork Northwest constituency for general election purposes. We are Cork Cork, South West really? for local elections, but we're Cork, Northwest for general elections. It is ridiculous. Andreas Moynihan definitely really? making it his business to get involved in the community. It's probably just a small area with a number of houses, but it's just, it's crazy. I it's never just, heard,
8: I, I thought though, if you were in one constituency, you were always in that constituency, regardless of what the no, election was. No, it, so it seems something. to be
3: different for the local elections because of the changes okay. that was made for the local elections as it is for the general general election. Yeah, yeah. it's different wards. Anyway, it's interesting times. Where are
8: we going tomorrow? Uh, tomorrow we're going to Cork East and apologies to that person um, texting in from Mill Street um, I, I am aware that Mill Street is in <laughs> North West but as you say like it's been I had a week to try and get around to the entire county of Cork so um, I didn't get to go to every town but uh, I, I didn't forget about the Mill Street people Well can I and say tomorrow you've done, I'm going you've to done remarkably well you've done remarkably well <laughs> Thank you tomorrow I'm in uh, Cork East Cork
3: East. We will look forward to chatting to you yeah. tomorrow. Thank you for that. And uh, thanks for Thank joining you. us. Bye bye. That is uh, Fiona Corcoran, our senior news reporter, uh, previewing Cork Northwest, Cork East tomorrow. 1850 333 John Paul, taking your calls. You can text our WhatsApp us to 086 2103 103.
2: Cork today on C103.
4: With a solid fuel depot at Drew's Fuel and Go. Shortcastle Street, Mallow. Open. Seven days for smokeless coal, turf, kiln-dried wood, and gas. Low-cost fuel. So you've got a smartphone or tablet.
2: Then get the must-have app so you can take us everywhere
4: download the c103 app today and listen to your favorite shows on the go grab our podcasts
2: and all the latest cork news and
4: if you've a smart speaker ask it to play c103 play c103
2: okay
4: on your phone
2: tablet smart
4: speaker and radio
5: turn up the volume
4: we are c103
2: Connect with C103 on Twitter. Find all the latest news and sport and stay in touch with what's happening across Cork. Search for our Twitter handle at C103Cork today on C103. Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment. 086 2103
3: 103 And some of your thoughts coming in following our preview of the Cork Northwest constituency. Why are they, while they are planning to build all of these houses as a texture on every scrap of land that are available, uh, are they going to improve roads leading to them? Uh, question mark, uh, question mark. Hi uh, Patricia, politicians elected in the future need to prove their worth and deliver on their promises as the youth of today have no loyalty towards a political party as it was in the past I've decided this time round to refuse to allocate any votes or any preference for parties who have failed to deliver on their promises and I will award my first choice to my preferred candidate on people I believe who have told the truth in the past and have kept to their promises as an unnamed texter Fembur and Carrie on the opinion poll says with Sinn Féin's popularity uh, showing very strongly in today's opinion, opinion opinion poll, yet they don't have enough candidates, so they can't elect enough TDs to form uh, a government. So if the opinion polls are correct, could we end up with a situation whereby... Fianna Fáil and Fine Gael will have the biggest number of TDs and they'll end up in in power even though Sinn Féin may be the most popular but because there are enough, enough TDs to elect. In reality, we could end up voting for Fianna Fáil, Fine Gael and could we be just pushing the two big parties together? It is possible. It is one of the permutations that could happen that they could end up having what they call a grand coalition between the two. Don't know if that's what people will be voting for. And uh, John in Canturk says the local county council have no problem in changing the local area plan uh, within the five years to change the planning for a crematorium, but they can't look after basic infrastructures in the town like the fire station, the schools. There was a proposal to build a new bridge in the town to alleviate traffic. It never happened as people objected. People are forgotten about in Canturk. It's agriculture, dairy, the co-op, and retail. They are the only ones. Who are giving employment in the town?
4: You're listening to Cork Today on replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed.
3: Some of your thoughts coming into the programme uh, today the teachers' strike. Uh, we didn't, well, we mentioned it and it was certainly on our news bulletins. The second level uh, pupils uh, that are run with predominantly TUI uh, teachers are all out on strike today. They reckon about 400 second level schools are closed today so about 20,000 students have been forced to stay at home. An email in to Patricia at c103.ie from Greg saying, I wonder, are the teachers who are banging on about equality in favour of equality of pensions between the public and private sectors? Public sector workers with permanent status should provide a permanent service. Having a permanent job, job is a huge perk in this day and age and in return, public sector workers should not be allowed to strike, says Greg, who's very much against the teachers who are out today and of course the teachers are out there trying to maximise pressure on the new government to end the pay inequality in the profession. Pay inequality came in. It was during the cuts imposed in the Troika era. Yes, we're still being affected by cuts imposed by the Troika era. And what happened was teachers who were recruited between 2011 and 2014 continue to carry big potential losses as a result of those cuts. And I always feel that it's really unfair on you know teachers that came in after 2011. They will be doing the very same day's work as an older teacher and they'll be sitting in the staff canteen having lunch uh, together knowing that somebody sitting across from them is getting paid more than them for the very same work and that must be very, very frustrating uh, for the younger teachers. So that's why the TUI are out on a strike today. But interesting point from uh, uh, Craig. They are public sector workers. They do have a permanent uh, status Uh, should they be forced not to strike. How would people feel about that? That Because as it stands, the gardie can can't go out on strike and members of the Defence Forces can't go out on strike. Should teachers be added to that list? Your thoughts, welcome to 1850 at 333103. And Angus, always love to keep you updated on any scams that are doing the rounds. But So by mentioning it, the hope would be that we can let other people know that there's a new scam on the move. And just to alert people to them and make sure they don't get caught out This is certainly a new one. Angus said, got an email that looked like it was a real phone bill from AIR, but it wasn't. It was a a scam. Uh, The particular email told Angus that he was due a refund. Happy days. But the catch was that they gave us a refund account number, not our actual AIR account number. So that raised kind of alarm bells straight away but he said the refund account number looked everything looked so real they then looked for this is the sting they then looked for Angus's bank account details so they could pop the refund into it but he's realised it's a scam so just to warn other people so keep a lookout for that it came by email from AIR looking like looking very like that it was a genuine email from from AIR but it wasn't it was a scam be careful folks Una on the event centre not surprised at the coming and goings at the event uh, centre Is it not turning out to be the very same as the children's hospitals. The delays are continuing, the money debacle, the cost of it rising on a daily basis and funding. Taxpayers' money just seems to be poured into uh, these companies and the same company involved in both Oona. Not surprised that we don't have an event centre in Cork. Tom in Mitchellstown contacted the programme but the, ba- the price of a barrel of oil has reduced and yet petrol prices have not been reduced. They seem to go up fast enough but they never come down quick enough. I know when we've interviewed Conor Faulkner of the AA, a big bugbear of his, rising prices of petrol and the AA of course every month they take a look at petrol prices and show when it's it's going up or down. Even though Conor has always explained away why when we hear that the price of a barrel of oil on the world market has fallen and yet when we pull into our petrol station we're not seeing a decrease. He says it's all to do with the time that the garages buy it in. They can buy it in three weeks in advance so they the garage that where you're getting your petrol from today, your petrol might seem a bit of, bit expensive, but maybe they paid what they paid three weeks ago was higher and there will be another three weeks before any decrease on the world market filters through to us. But it is one of the points that Conor Faulkner from the AA regularly makes. You should not be loyal to your garage. You should be driving around, keeping an eye out on petrol service stations. They have to, by law, show on their forecourt the price of a litre of petrol, the price of a litre of diesel. And if you pass an area where you see the price of petrol and diesel is cheaper than where you normally get it and you've got room in your tank, you should pull in and... uh, Philip, that is always the advice about shopping around. I mean, we we speak about shopping around, I think, for most things, but it's certainly you can save money when you shop around on petrol and on diesel. On NCT, Amanda in Glamour. Had my NCT yesterday. Well, says Amanda, I had half my NCT. They will let me know later in the year when to come back for the other half. Only in Ireland could it happen. Later in the year? Goodness me. I, I was wondering what are they saying to people when they hand you out a certificate that tells you you've actually failed your NCT? I was wondering what was the length of time, but later in the year seems, goodness me, that seems a long time. We're going to have a lot of people driving around without a date, NCT certificates. And Heidi says this whole NCT uh, issue really should be sorted out and sorted out by the centres very quickly and until they do they need to close. It would make common sense. It's a no brainer. What they're asking people to do at the moment, to go in like poor old Amanda uh, yesterday. She gets her half NCT done. Well, you got 90% of it done, but it's still you don't get your search. You're still going to have to uh, come back. It is certainly frustrating a lot of people. Now, a group called the North Cork Hospital Action Group. I'm assuming the, this is a new group. Am I right? They're holding a protest. It's going to happen on this Thursday evening at seven o'clock. They're asking people to meet at the bus stop on the Park Road in Mallow. The action group has been set up because they want the A&E in Mallow to be fully reinstated. And at the same time to open the A&E's in the South Infirmary and the A&E in Bantry and bring it back to a 24-hour service. And the main reason that they're mentioning all of the hospitals together, even though there's the North Cork Hospital Action Group, it will take pressure off the A&E at the Cork University Hospital and at the Mercy Hospital. The plan is they want people, if you're interested in showing your support, to turn out on Thursday, 7 o'clock at the bus stop on the Park Road. And then they'll mark from the Park Road out to the plaza in Mallow, out close to where... The Mallor General Hospital is, if anybody wants to get involved in that. That's at seven o'clock on uh, Thursday. They are taken to the streets. eighteen fifty three 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 one o three. And some of your texts coming in on the election. Sandy says, just a word on the elections, uh, Patricia, please. In all the leaflets that have put through our letterbox, by the way, nobody has bothered walking down the drive to knock on the door. Not one party, even the Green Party, has mentioned animal welfare in any of their literature. In a country that has one of the worst reputations when it comes to puppy farming and animal neglect, microchipping law has been a waste of time. I believe not one case has been brought before the courts. Correct me if I'm wrong. This is on an animal being found without a microchip and yet daily we're finding stray dogs with no tags and no microchips. Come on, we need some cop on here, says uh, Sandy, who hasn't seen or heard anybody talk about animal welfare. But you, but you also raise an interesting point and I can I can put my hands up and say, yeah, same here. With all of the leaflets that are coming through the letterbox and that nobody has bothered to walk down the drive and knock on Sandy's door. I actually was only saying that last night when another leaflet was put through my door that I haven't had anybody canvassing. and Now, maybe they're deliberately because it's dark evenings, but in the afternoons, I do my research from home, so I'm sitting there in the afternoons, haven't had anybody knocking on the door now? I'll probably... But more than the fact that I've said it, I'll probably get a string of callers this afternoon. But I don't know, is there less canvassing going on this time round? And is it to do with the dark evenings? And is there just not as many? And instead, they have people out and about You know, putting leaflets through the door during the day rather than actually out canvassing. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's just the area where I'm living in and Sandy is the same. 1850-333-103. John is in y'all. This is on the uh, teacher strike that I mentioned and the email that we...
9: Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if
8: AI could fold your laundry?
0: we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com switch.
11: $45
1: upfront for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at
4: mintmobile.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. get
3: in from somebody saying that the teachers shouldn't really be on strike they have permanent jobs, they're public sector workers and they should not be allowed to go on strike uh, Good afternoon to you John
11: Good afternoon physician You Thank think
3: you. the unions have too much power?
11: I think they do yeah because um, on, on, on a purely kind of a personal level, if I take a job if I go in and apply for a job and I get the job, I know how much I'm getting when I take that job I have my own budget made out so I can live on that. And if I go in and look at the person across the table from me, that makes no difference to me. I've taken that job. And I think the teachers did. But the unions, in my my opinion, they they fought for this agreement in Dublin. And that's how how we moved on from the position we were in. And now they had it that way, so now they want to change the thing and come back again. And fair is fair. I mean, they don't have a better life, the, the, the uh, teachers.
3: Well, yeah, I can see the point you're making for the new teachers that graduate and come out, but the ones who would have been first recruited in 2011, when they would have gone to teacher training college, they were of the belief that they were going to get the same pay as everybody else.
11: But I can't imagine that's what the argument is about now, is it? Just well,
3: no, no. It's about it's about it's about all it's about all of exactly. the teachers. And,
11: and this is the point: when the agreement was made, it was it was agreed by the, the unions. This, as and from that date, this is it going forward. I remember I was working that time, and I had, I lost 60% of my take-home wage. 60%. Sorry, I said 40% of my take-home wage. You lost. But, you know, I, I was down because of the boom. I couldn't come around and speak to people that I was working for and say, All right, when things, I don't know, you have to give it back to me. You know, I mean, that's what i done, and I kept going. Thankfully, I had a job.
5: mm
3: I mean, the one thing I always found frustrating about this whole uh, two-tiered pay structure for the teachers was you write the unions and i.e. the teachers that were already in place agreed to it, agreed that there would be this two-tiered system, that the older teachers would be on a higher pay than the lower teachers. I mean, I could never understand at the time if they wanted this for everyone to be the same. Why didn't the teachers that were in place agree to take a cut so that everyone would be on the same pay?
11: That's exactly it what I think is a, is a proper uh, attitude to have towards it because they know they knew what they had to do to survive, and that's the way we survive. But just because things got a bit better, are supposed to be better. Now do we go back to the silly days again, like? And
3: well, no, nobody wants to go back to that, but there is, there's, there's almost a danger that we are, isn't there? There's almost that feeling out there, have we forgotten what this country was like? And let's not forget the amount of money we owe. Our national debt is uh, one of the highest across Europe.
11: It is indeed, and I mean, people have forgotten, and they've forgotten very quickly. Uh, you know, it, it amazes me, and I, I don't, for a minute, kind of say that anybody is wrong, or they you know, about speaking, about judging anybody. But you see houses with 12, 13 windows being built on, on, a, on a green silver. More parts of them, they can afford that. Like, are they mad that they're going to have 14 people? You know, rooms initially. It's just people's ideas, and they're just away with the. in my opinion, away with the fairies, and they just live what they should have, carry on with what they have. Not okay. greedy.
3: Live live within your means. All right, listen. All right, listen. Thank you for that, uh, John. Appreciate uh, your call. John, and a different John, this is John in Cove, says the teachers in the Haddington Road agreement agreed with the unions and the government to cut the new teachers' pay coming in. That was saving the older teachers from getting a pay cut. So it was they that hung the new teachers out to dry. Any teacher, doesn't matter who they are, when they finish in the classroom, their work is not finished. They bring it home with them. They bring their work home late into the evening after school and they get nothing extra for it. That is the way it is for all uh, teachers. Uh, 1850 333 Um, am I, is there a caller on this? Uh, no, it's not. Okay. Um, and just I want to teaching. Let me go back. This is Anthony by text. Teacher striking is a nightmare for many pa- many parents. Seeing that this is about restoration of wages since the crash. What about the many private pensions that were raided by the government of the day? There's never any speak. There's never any restoration or any talk. Of restoration for those people, which is scandalous. And to see two weeks ago, €22 million found for pension upgrades for Enda Kenny. Jerry Adams and more uh, besides oh that was the money that was given to the TDs who were not going for a re-election says uh, Anthony uh, yeah and what about the? and you know people will say that that raid on the private pensions that time and you know it was, it was done it was Michael Noonan, wasn't it and it was said it was done for the general good of the country but no one who had a private pension was asked do you mind if we raid your pension but you know it's, it's a good point from Anthony there's never been never been a word of talk that they would give that money back to people People who out of money that they'd earned and already paid tax on were putting this money away for their pension for the future in order to save the state money when they do actually uh, retire and you know they could it be classed as theft they dipped into somebody's what is technically somebody's savings and took money and there's never ever been any talk of that money coming back Joan says I thought that too that teachers had time off until I got my family until family members went into teaching they have to be in early in the morning into school you know before the nine o'clock so that they're prepared then they're there after school also they have to be mother and father for schools as so many families have trouble these days so they're looking after the psychological needs of the children they're not just educating them there's the whole psychological and emotional needs and the after school work goes on and on and on uh, but that's if you're very conscientious. Uh, yeah, but not, unfortunately, Joan, not every teacher is that conscientious. Obviously, your family members are wonderful uh, teachers and are very conscientious and very loving about what they uh, they do. But unfortunately, we don't see that with every uh, teacher. And just a final one on, did I see one on elections? No, I did that one. Oh, this is one. Hi, Patricia. My husband isn't hasn't been able to vote in the last three elections. He got a form of the post office after the last election filled it in and sent it off. Now the rest of the family their polling cards have arrived but yet again not one for my husband he didn't get one. God that's frustrating. Okay what you need to do is the fact that you filled in the forms and you've sent it off it is still possible that your husband is registered. I don't know why was he taken off the register when you say he couldn't vote in the last three elections but anyway he's gone to the bother since the last election. Now when you say the last election you 're talking about last May is it the last the one of the last elections? We had to read locals and Europeans in May. so if you filled in the form in May. It will go on the register, which doesn't come out until the fifteenth of fifteenth of this month. That's why people were encouraged to go on the supplementary register. I tell you what, uh, I'm just fearful now talking that through that he may still not be on this register because the new register doesn't come out until the fifteenth. What I suggest that your husband, what you need to do is go on to check the register. dot ie, and if you go on to check the register. dot ie, on the very first page I'm on it here in front of me, the province will come up. So click Munster, and then you click. I don't know if you're you're listening to me in Cork City or if you're listening to me in Cork County, either are, you select either Cork City Council or Cork County Council. You click on that, and then you submit it, and then it will come up. And you put in your husband's name and the 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 details that they look for. Put it in, and then I should tell you the details. Now they look for Cork County Councils where I am. They look for your name, your first name, your house number, and uh, your street or townland, and then you submit it, and it will tell you straight out if your husband is on the register or or electors uh, or not, and if he's not then unfortunately he's missed out on the supplementary register but he'll be on the new one that comes out on the 15th. But That's not until next week which is too late for, for this which is frustrating indeed. The fact that he's gone to the bother of filling in the form but I'm assuming that's what's happened. But in the meantime check the register because we, we hear that every time there's a vote somebody didn't get a polling card but they went down their name is on the register. That's the important part. Not the card that comes through the door. Is that your name is actually on the register of electors. So check the register.ie
4: The C103 qu-
2: Cork Diary
4: with Cork County Council supporting businesses supporting communities serving Cork visit corkcoco.ie
3: Marion Players' Panto in Rathmore, the old woman who lived in the shoe. It runs nightly tomorrow night, Wednesday, Thursday, and Saturday at half seven. With a matinee on Sunday at three. All proceeds going to the Kerry Parents and Friends Association. The scheduled blood donor clinic, seems we're talking about that today in Dunamore, is cancelled tonight, but it's been replaced with a donor clinic at the Cork Racecourse in Mallow. There this evening between five and half past eight. We've been talking about it on the program. If you want to be a donor, head out to Mallow Racecourse between five and half. Past past eight and tell them Patricia sent you. Adam Caro will host a parent support evening that's in the Clayton Hotel in Cork City tomorrow Wednesday at twenty past seven. While the transition year students of St Mary's Secondary School in Mallow they're presenting Dancing Queen tomorrow night Wednesday in the Emelian Theatre starts at half seven. Tickets available from the school. And Mitchellstown Walking Group are holding their Operation Transformation 2K and 5K walks and runs every Tuesday and Thursday evening is at 7 at the MLC with free gym and karate classes on Wednesday at 7.15 and ballin Community Development Association holding a fundraising social dance in the Marion Hall in ballin on Friday night. Music by Finn Bardenehy with a dancing from 9.45 to 12.30 and teas will be served.
2: Cork today on C103
4: With a solid fuel depot at Drew's Fuel and Go, Shortcastle Street Mallow, Smokeless Coal, Turf Gas and Kiln Dried Wood Open late 7 days Lowcostfuel.ie Cork today on C103 Call Patricia
2: with your comment 1850 333 103.
3: For almost 30 years now much loved singer Tommy Fleming has been entertaining audiences both here and abroad This weekend it's the turn of us, the good People of Cork with two dates at the Opera House And Tommy Fleming joins me uh, Good afternoon to you Tommy Good afternoon Patricia, how are you? I'm, I, well I'm, I'm doing very well I saw you on Twitter at a gig in Wexford Are you on a nationwide tour at the moment?
5: I'm on a nationwide tour We're actually halfway through it um, We started in Waterford in mid-January And we're now coming into uh, The middle of it actually We've about, three, about six, seven shows left Or more actually we have eight shows including Cork
3: and you sell out shows and great reaction
5: great reaction this has actually been one of the most successful tours we've done um, and which is brilliant I mean you know you never take it for granted I know I certainly don't and when you you know as I say when I come on the stage and there's a a full audience there's a full house um, I think I'd still get way
3: with it (laughs) (laughs) and anyone that's been to your show will know you're great for the bit of banter in between the songs uh, over the years, I've become
5: better at it because I suppose I am, as I've gotten older, Patricia, I feel, not that I feel, um, I kind of, I'm not as private as I used to be. I've, I kind of, I let, I let I let a bit more of me go, if that makes sense.
3: Yeah, yeah.
5: And, you know, this, because I mean, over the, I suppose it's, a, do you know when it's what it starts? It is at Christmas time when I go up to visit my family and, you know, there's only the six of us left. My parents passed away a few years ago. Um I you know we start telling stories of things that mum and Dad did that we never some of us didn't know and it's it, they're they're priceless stories and they 're funny and I just I think personally I think they should be shared,
11: yeah
3: yeah, you know yeah. It's,
5: you know I never thought i'd get such a laugh out of both my mum and dad that I always thought they were the serious ones when I was a kid, you know, but um I now know where I got it from.
3: <laughs> and 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 you think that they 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 would love the idea of you sharing some of those stories oh, with they, your audience? If they were
5: there, they'd be laughing their heads off. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you just know, and,
3: and describe the show to people.
5: The show. Um, you, you mentioned the, the the introduction that it's nearly thirty years. I'll be celebrating thirty years next year, from my first album, and which is scary to be honest with you. But um, what I've done is we we sat down for weeks, Connell and I, the uh, Connell Early, the musical director. And we went through songs that I haven't sang in God years. There's three of the songs that one of them is I sang the last time I sang it was 1999, live. Um, then there's ones that I haven't like there's old Irish songs that I haven't sang since I was a kid, wow. like Fiddler's Green, things like that. That I haven't. That just that I suppose they evoke memories and they evoke a time that um, that was really special, you know.
3: And that's what music does, isn't it? It's it's incredible how a song. Can just transport you back
5: it does doesn't it to a, and that's to a what It's with me i was listening i was when I was listening to old recordings, and all of a sudden you know I was listening to a song that I'm doing on this tour called "When the Lights go Down, and I recorded it in nineteen ninety eight and I was sitting in the studio for hours with Mary Black doing it. Mary and I did the song together, and the last we had in that studio that day, yeah. you know, and you know even at certain parts of the song. That I did the things that I remember in the studio, and that's twenty two years ago.
3: And do you find then you sing the songs very differently now than what you did as a twenty two years younger oh, than what completely. you are now? Completely, I hope I'm better. Yeah, I hope, sure you are.
5: You know, um, I, I, I've you know I've kind of I've developed a technique over the years, and um, I'm more comfortable in my own skin if that makes sense. So mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm, I'm not overly conscious of. I suppose been impressive. That's the best way to put it. I kind of sing it the way I want to sing it, and how I like it. And it, it's please God it works, you know. Um, and
3: it, it always, when you see you on stage, it's always so. It always appears so effortless, as if you just decided, oh, "I shall get up on the stage and I'll sing a few songs." And I love the way you chat, yeah, as I say, the ba- the banter in between, and you 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 make it feel like we've all just met for this evening. Let's just sing a few songs. You know, I mean, and th- that, that's a great talent. I don't even think you realise what a great talent that is. I don't, honestly, I, I, I'm getting, I'm blushing here, actually. <laughs> I'm, no, I'm no good at
5: patting myself on the back. I think Irish people are like that, stuff yeah. But um, how I treat the show, how I treat the stage and the venue is that it's, it's a living room. It's, a, it's, the local, it's the local drinking hall. It's, yeah. um, and just relax. People pay a good bit of money to come in, sit down and you know, it's not that you need to entertain them. They need to just forget their worries and their their woes for a couple of hours, you know. And, and you
3: love doing what you're doing and I think that's that's what shines through. I do. Through. I
5: will never, I will always... The day I stop loving it is the day I give
11: up. Yeah, yeah. You
5: know? um I love the creativity of it. I love... Um, I think I love seeing the reaction. I love the... Um, do you know what I really love, actually? I love... I love the emails and the letters I get after a show or after a tour. And, you know, hopefully you can make a difference in somebody's life that that they go home feeling better or they go home taking a message from it. And I don't deliberately have a message in it. It's just, you know, it's kind of, it's a place to be happy for a few hours, you know.
3: Uh, Phil by text says, uh, Patricia, going to see Tommy on Friday in the Opera House. Can't wait. Thank you for that, uh, Phil. Uh, enjoy. And I know we were talking about you only before Christmas because in the lead up to Christmas, we play very few songs, as you know, on this programme. But in the lead up to Christmas, we try to play songs that that other radio stations don't always play coming up yeah. to Christmas, kind of the d- slightly different ones and the ones that evoke memories uh, for people. And of course, your Christmas 19... Six, 1915. 1915, um, I was at stop in the Year. Every single year without fail, we have to play it more than once because people just absolutely adore that song.
5: Well, do you know the great thing about that song, Patricia? I, I sing it throughout the year. Um, I don't regard it as a Christmas song yeah. because there's a great story in it and I've always had... A, my, I suppose I've had this interest, not a fascination, but a, a huge interest in periods, kind of history and one of them has been World War One. Yeah. And my dad used to have great stories about World War One, and he had a massive interest in it, which probably gave me the interest in it. And I, I, I just think there's a, I don't know, there's a gorgeous message in it. Do you know, there's just it's a tragic, sad song, but there's a lovely message in it. There is. There and I um, said, you know, I mean, I wasn't going to sing it this year. And I went to see the movie nineteen
3: seventy 1917.
5: I was just going to say, have you seen the movie? I just went yeah. to see it and I thought, wow, that's an amazing film. Yeah. So that kind of sparked, well really sparked my interest. And so I brought it back into the set. And I'm glad I did. Because when I said I wasn't nearly going to take it out, people were complaining to me saying, thank God you didn't take it out.
3: Well done, well done. OK, and Australia went well the last time we Australia spoke to you, quite, you were heading out. It was a bit, um, it
5: was a sad time because, not personally now or anything, but I was, first time, I was delighted to be coming home
3: the um, fires
5: the fires um, I, I was driving down from Queensland from Brisbane actually Caloundra um, to Sydney and I knew it was going to take about four or five days and I I the fires had started and do you know what really was so I I, I was actually I cried when I watched it with the animals running across the highway yeah running from it and I, I god forgive me it's probably the wrong thing to say but my the, the poor things happened that they didn't stand a chance. There, I know, you know. I know. It was. Just, and it's just tragic. It's going and to it...
3: take them so long to recover from this, and they're still fighting. I've, I've family down there, and and they're still fighting fires. You know, it, it hasn't gone. Them, yeah. It hasn't gone away yet. It hasn't gone away. All right. So Friday and Saturday, I've just realised. Will you miss the vote? Will you get home to vote? No, I'm not home. <laughs> and I
5: flipping. Do you know what? What I was really worried about. Not worried. Stupidly. I, th- I only realised a few days after the deadline that I could do a postal vote. You voting.
3: could have, I was just going to say, did you get in with your postal vote no, and you didn't? I did stupidly. Um, uh, not I'd to worry. I'm a
5: big man now for voting because it's kind of, to me, it's a, it's important. It's a huge democratic right, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And, but it's, I'm not unfortunately the first time in years I'm not
3: home to vote. well listen listen. We, we prefer having you here in, in the Opera House and a lot of people are looking forward to it listen the two nights Friday and Saturday there's still some tickets available uh, you can go online or give the Cork now, very house. limited there's only very... about
5: 20 tickets left Friday Is that all? and okay. I think a handful left on Saturday night
3: ok Sheila says I like Into the Arms I love the most I like Into the Arms I love the Into most the Arms
5: I love the most
3: that's, see that's a line from one of your songs that's now. a line yeah um, <laughs> it's not the right name though Sheila we'll I know the song Actually,
5: I know that I'm going to be looking up the album to see what's the song that that line is in I, I only know a song when I sing it I couldn't oh, say I the words
3: <laughs> listen enjoy Friday and Saturday it's a pleasure as always and uh, we look forward to having you in studio soon and
5: the next time I'm down I'll definitely pop in sorry I wasn't All, able to get in always welcome
3: always That's welcome God. take care, Thanks, love. Take care. Bye, bye, bye 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 that is the wonderful Tommy Fleming for two nights in the Opera House in Cork tickets fast selling out 1850 Jump paul takes your calls.
2: Cork today on C103. With a
4: solid fuel depot at Drew's Fuel & Go. Shortcastle Street, Mallow. Open seven days for smokeless coal, turf, kiln-dried wood and gas. low cost Ag is <laughs> farlin. Shaw trúir C103 air Kirkig.
9: Hå anna høyrer glede og tulle agast trossåri er Hugh Lloyd naføle i malle khatin. I sissråt vøle vøle khatin. A Kurtar two slash Hugh Lloyd. Allannen gøpale andrein er vogn naføle. Læmonier er hævovøin agast anarike er undervøle. Bræsch is kueig ville er channer en akk naføle eta egest. Lærerkena umtach is tadal har troig vøle tråsna. Hugh Lloyd naføle i malle khatin. Schli umtach kunde skjelligen e Nukta
4: is C one o three Record
9: today
2: on C one o three text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment
3: 103 and our apologies for slightly late the normal uh, going to Joe Heffernan good afternoon to you Joe good afternoon um, and we, um, we are talking we picked we touched on this last week and we said we'd pick up on it this week we're talking about self talk and uh, negative self talk and this is the little voice inside in your head telling you you can not do it and you won't be any good as.
0: Absolutely. There's four of them. Four little lads that we need to well next week now we can we can uh, we can get involved with how to answer back. But for this week to just say um what what these lads are. Okay, we we'll have a look at the four of them. The warrior, the critic, the perfectionist and the victim. I suppose the usual one that we all uh, get a little bit of the voice in our inner ear would be uh, the warrior um, um, and would and be uh, the strongest uh, sub-personality voice that we would hear. It, it creates, um, you know, anxiety uh, by imagining the worst-case scenario. It won't be just bad, it'll be terrible, and it scares you um, with, with fantasies of that awful thing happening. Um, It can even result um, if it goes up to the 8, 9 and 10 out of 10 kind of uh, in in a panic attack um, when one reacts to the symptoms of it, which would be the bad feeling in the pit of the tummy. It's all about anticipating the worst, overestimating the odds of something bad or indeed embarrassing happening and, um, you know, creating images of Failure and our catastrophe. Um, the favourite expressions like for the old warrior would be what if, what if that, what if the other thing, um, oh my God, that could happen, that, that kind of thing. You know, my heart is starting to beat faster. What if I panic and lose control? Uh, what if I start stammering in the middle of my speech? Um, what if they see me shaking? That kind of thing. What if? So then you have the next lad then that kind of um jumps onto the stage and our onto our onto our shoulder and whispers in our ear is the the critic always evaluating one's behavior um you know uh it tends to point out any little thing at all that can go wrong it it highlights one's flaws and limitations um the inner dialogue like could be an old voice way back. It could be the voice of a teacher who was over over critical or even nasty. Um, it could be a man or a dad or anyone really who was critical of you in your past. And uh, if a person said to me, you know, they were if they were talking very much about their self critic um
7: or if they were
0: uh, If they were criticizing themselves and I might say to them, whose voice are you actually hearing now? And I might hear something back like, well, actually, my dad or actually a teacher that I had in the national school. You know, Mm that would be an answer that you would often hear. Like the favorite expression would be like. What a disappointment you are or when you would uh, maybe you know, maybe make a little tiny mistake, um or oh, that was stupid, you know um so um uh, we, we we can talk about how to kind of maybe um
3: but the person is now an adult and they're still hearing that voice, yes, even though it was something that happened possibly many 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 years ago
0: absolutely patricia there's a a word that I would often be using would be interjection like. We swallow, hook, line and sinker, the things that we hear in our very young days. And um, these become, as it were, embedded uh, and and we learn to believe them.
3: We believe them all to be true, so, so, yeah. we, so we, we carry them with us. So that's the critic.
0: Yeah. Then you have the perfectionist. Now, the perfectionist is like, as you can well imagine, I mean, a, a very close cousin of the critic. But the concern for the perfectionist um, is less than... It isn't so much to put you down as uh, to kind of always goading you and telling you you can do better, you can do better. Um, That wasn't perfect. It could be if only you would A, B or C or whatever like. So it generates a whole heap of anxiety by constantly telling you that your efforts aren't really quite good enough. Um, uh, and, and, and that kind of thing can lead to, it can even lead as far as burnout. Because um, no matter how well you do, it's going to be telling you, "Nah, you could do better. It's, you you know?
3: You're never good enough.
0: Never good enough. And the favourite expressions would be should, have to and must. And I would often say to people, let's get rid, if we can at all, of the shoulds, the tos, and, and the, the musts. Yeah. And you know, get more into uh, the I want to, you know, um, so that I I need a break. I want to go on a bit of a break. Okay, no, that's fine. And to kind of um, close down. Then the ah, but there's work to be done. Um, you have to, you you have to do that, and you have to do the other thing as well. So, uh, uh, taking a break that wouldn't do. And and then the belief comes, yeah, that's true, I must do that other thing. And then um, uh, that keeps on and on and on for many years, and we often hear about the word burnout. Now, the fourth lad is the fellow that we really want to avoid. The fourth lad is is, is um, a bad place to be. The fourth fellow in the sub-personalities is the victim. Now, the victim promotes depression because... The victim is the part of a person that feels helpless or hopeless. Um, it's a kind of a give-up um, stage uh, with, these, um, with these inner voices. Okay. Um, it tells you, no, nah, you can't do that, or you will never be able to do that. Forget about it. You couldn't do it. And, um, you know, uh, a person then can get to the point of, well, what's the point of even trying? I mean, I, I, I can't do this anywhere. Or maybe something like, um, yeah, sure, look, maybe I could have done that if I had more go in me 10 years ago. But, ah, it's too late now. No, that's the victim. And that's the one, like, that we, we can cope a bit like. Fair enough, we can cope with the warrior, the critic and the perfectionist. But the victim is a kind of a giving up uh, area.
3: And that's the one that can lead to depression, possibly?
0: Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Uh, as as I'd often say, kicking the backside out the door for the victim. Yeah, we, keep, get we don't it. want to be listening to that for, at all.
3: Get, get rid of him. A listener says, uh, Hi Trish, my wise dad always said, if you made a mistake... You learn from it uh, and if you learn from it then it's not a mistake but a learning process. Joe gives great advice and it's particularly relevant at the moment because the mock leaving search is on. I love his lot and I love his honesty uh, says the texter. Thank you for that. Um, and it is true for students who are sitting the exams it can be you know if, if you get negative talk can grip you at the time of an exam you're not going to give it your best.
0: You Indeed you're not. Um, I mean worry and anxiety um, only take away Uh, whatever points, marks, whatever the word is that you want to get. So, like, um, it's a cliche, okay, but it's a good cliche, is do your best. And when you've done your best, then, you know, be be happy with that. I did my best. And if you can look yourself in the mirror, and if you can say, I did my best, well, then you're A-okay, no doubt at all about it.
3: Okay and and next week we're going to we'll we'll continue to talk about the negative self uh, talk about how to stop these these voices inside your head and and somebody's saying can you be a bit of all of the sub personalities can you be a bit of a warrior and a bit of a perfectionist can you be a bit of a critic and a bit of a victim
0: without question or doubt and um, what we usually would talk about would be like which one in any given person would be the strongest of the four but um oh yeah yeah and when you think about it like they all go together you know, the the warrior, the critic and the perfectionist, um, uh, a combination of those. But when a person would reflect in on their own uh, thinking style, thinking process, they might say, Yeah, the main one for me actually would be either the warrior, the critic, the perfectionist and um uh and and we'd be hoping like this we wouldn't be hearing uh too much of the victim. Um that's the one we need to avoid. So yeah, countering the negative self-talk would mm. be the um, the, uh, the the what, what we would get into then uh, next week. That um, they're there and they do their little bit of whispering in one's ear and they do their little bit of um, uh, uh, knocking us down a bit. But we'll 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 come up with some ways of countering them. We'll talk back to. Um, the warrior, the critic, the perfectionist, we'll talk back to them and kind of uh, we'll, we'll, um, we'll check their validity. We'll kind of say, yeah, is that always true now? Is there evidence for that? And, um, and often when we subject these voices to a little bit of um, forensic thinking, we'll call it, um, they can lose a lot of their influence and a lot of their power because they've been challenged.
3: Yeah. And the listener says a handy term I once heard a motivational speaker uh, used was the phrase it's possible, meaning that I suppose everything in life is possible. You don't give up. Yeah. It's just it's just it's looking at things in a different way, isn't it? I mean, that's 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 what a lot of it is to do with.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You, you know, a, a, a phrase that's used a lot would be reframing. Um, you'd often hear a person saying like that. Um, Uh, that every problem is also an opportunity and that's just reframing the thing that um I have a problem I have a problem I have a problem can be the voice but the other voice back can be this is an opportunity an opportunity and the first listener there that um contacted about um that every mistake can be a learning process um I mean that's typical of that, of um, reframing it. Yeah, that, uh, and, w-
3: and what a wise man his, his or her, I do a male or female dad was. Okay, absolutely. I, we leave it there. We'll talk again next week, Joe. Have a lovely week. And the and same, and Patricia. Thank you for that. That is uh, Joe Heflin, who runs a counselling practice in Bui. His number is 02976617. That's where I leave you for today. My thanks to John Paul McNamara for producing. Nick Richards is with you for the afternoon. And I'm back with you tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock. Into the Line,
2: Patricia Messenger. Very good afternoon. today on C103.
4: With a solid fuel depot at Drew's Fuel & Go, Shortcastle Street, Mallow. Call and collect or get seven-day delivery for those cosy nights in. Lowcostfuel.ie So, you've got a smartphone or tablet?
2: Download the C103 app today and listen to your favourite shows on the go. On your phone, tablet, smart speaker and radio. We
4: are C103.